Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And today we wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to gather as a campus, as a, as a group of people, and just kind of celebrate, hang out. So this is why it's kind of awkward right now that you're sitting around in round tables and some of you are having to turn around and look at me in a different way. But hey, it's all good, I promise, okay? And so uh, again, we are just excited about what, uh, what the Lord is doing and uh, we thank you for being here today. Um, I have in my hand this card right here. And it, what it is, it's a Hands for the Harvest uh, that we've been talking about. That's kind of been our theme. But we have partnered with a church in Bolivia since 2015. And we have given to help them build, grow their church so they can impact the city of Santa Cruz and beyond. And what I have here is a card that we're going to have next week available that is basically a, a opportunity for you to sow into this um, campaign. That we want to be able to turn around and be able to bless uh, this church. I can't say it because I, I don't speak Spanish very well. But it's Faro del Celio, something like that. Okay, We want to be able to bless this church because they need um, some more resources in order to complete the project. And we are looking to raise $120,000. And so what this is, is just a card next week you'll get where you will be able to take it home. And here's the deal. You need to pray. And ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you would like me to give? It doesn't matter the dollar amount. Whatever it is that the Lord tells you to give, then feel free just to mark it in here. Now, on the back of this card, it does say, hey, I am committed to give, and then you can write down that. It says a one-time gift, right? So if you want to give a dollar, give a dollar. Praise the Lord. That's going to go to helping this church, okay? And then there's another one that this is my faith goal to be completed by, and there's, a, you know, whatever that is. And so even if you think, man, I think the Lord wants me to give, let's just say, r- roughly $50, but I don't have $50 right now. Well, my faith goal is $50. And I'm going to try to complete that by a certain amount of time. So then that way we just kind of know that there's resources coming in. But you know what? Here's the deal. God is always our source. Amen? God is always the source. So whatever it is that you give, praise the Lord. Okay? But we are trusting and believing that God is going to meet the need that we have in order for us to partner with this church. And, and the great thing about it, too, is when you sow into something like that, whatever harvest that church reaches or, or gets, you're a part of it. Right? So you might, when you get to heaven, have someone that lived in Bolivia. Thank you for sowing your seed. Thank you for giving. Right? It's that, you know, thank you for being giving to the Lord or whatever that song is. I know I can't sing. But just think about it. It's an opportunity. But what we ask is that you pray about it first. You pray about it. So next week, cards will be ready for you. Grab one of these cards and we will get going. All right? So again, we are in Social Sunday and here's how it's going to work. At the end of the service, we are actually going to have food, lunch for you. Um, And 
how this is going to work, I'm going to dismiss tables at the end, and it's going to be based on who, what table doesn't fall asleep on me <laughs> during the service. All right, so I'm watching, right? So if you kind of start nodding, I, I might have to you know, judge. No, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just kidding about that. Anyways, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And uh, we are in this three-part series that is kind of uh, derived from this idea that we are calling theology of place. The theology of place. And we've been kind of discovering, kind of walking through this thing that the Bible kind of uh, teaches us that there are three main areas or places that we are as believers supposed to, one, minister unto the Lord and then minister unto one another. Because that's key too. Not only are we supposed to be ministering to God, but also we are supposed to be ministering to one to another. And those three areas, um, we've covered, covered the first, first month in January was the secret place. This month is the gathering place, the house of the Lord. And the next, week, next month is the public place, outside, outside amongst the people. And our working definition uh, for the gathering place is a place where believers, that's you and I, come together corporately to worship God and to minister to one another. The purpose of that is to build each other up, to speak life into each other, to build each other up and also um, just kind of begin to help spiritually grow in our walk with Lord, but not only that, in our partnership with one another. Because God calls us as a church to be connected together. He doesn't call, hey, you, you are on a solo mission, right? He doesn't say, hey, Pastor Scott, you are on a solo mission. You, you just do it all on your own. That's not how he designed the church. He designed it so that the believers, right, would walk hand in hand together, encouraging one another, being there for one another, saying, hey, you need help? You need encouragement? You need someone to grab your hand and pray with you? Then I am right here with you. That's his heart. That, that, that's what he wants. But see, sometimes we get into this, this idea, oh, I, I'm flying solo. Okay, there's no Han Solos in this group. Okay, Star Wars reference, get it? All right, anyways, okay? But we have to understand that, that God wants us to build people up, build each other up, grow and strengthen one another. Then we discovered, right, that the church is not a physical building, but it's the people. It's you and I. This is a great building. I'm appreciative of this building. But see, if God called us to gather as a church and it was going to be outside, then hey, that's the church. It's me and you. It's the people, okay? And that, we, we found out that it's called the ecclesia, okay? And the ecclesia in the New Testament means a body of believers, that would be us, called out, called forth, selected and assembled to be God's representatives. Did you know that? You are God's representative, okay? But you're not just supposed to be a representative just in your home or a representative just here in church, you're supposed to be representative everywhere you go. You're repping God, right? You got you to get, get the t-shirt. I'm repping God. Because everywhere you go, you are presenting, hopefully, God to people. And so we have to understand that we are called out. We're God's representative in every town, every city, every state every nation, and I will include in your homes as well. 
You are God's representative. We also found out that a gathering could be two people or it could be thousands of people. But as long as they gather to focus their attention, their focal point is on God. That makes up the gathering. That makes up the church. And so we talked about in the very beginning in, in, in January about how, you know what, it starts this, this idea of, of ministering one to another. It starts with the idea that we need to be focused on the secret place. We need to focus our attention on our ability to get in quiet time with the Lord. That's where it all starts. That's, that's the key to being able to walk this journey out. Because you know what? Sometimes, you, you, you know, you see athletes sometimes, they need oxygen, right? When, when they've exerted their body and things like that, you see them kind of put the oxygen mask on or something like that. Well, you know what? That, that's kind of our oxygen when we get alone with the Lord. He wants to breathe life into you. But see, sometimes we think, oh, I can get to it. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And then you know what happens? We begin to shrivel up. God doesn't want us to shrivel up. I don't want you to shrivel up. Right? You were supposed to be growing and, and, and developing. And, and it's, it's part of this process. And in that, that secret place, and that means, you know what? You are maturing. You are being freshly filled with the Spirit of God. So that, right? All right you remember our theme? Last, last, last week we had a quiz. If everybody remembered what our theme was for the year. And everyone passed. All got gold stars. But our theme is a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. A heart for the house. Now listen, that's just not, that, that means individually, each one of us need to have a heart for the house. And then we need to have a hands for the harvest. We've got to go out and do those things. And one more thing before we kind of get into to the, the, the Mark chapter 4 scripture we have to remember that the gathering place is not just so that you come, just so that you're filled, just so that you are served, and that someone connects you to God. Okay, Because a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, no, Pastor Scott, you've you got to connect me to God. No, 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 no. I'm part of it. But see, at the same time, when we gather together as a body, our number one goal is to be able to say, man, I want to help people get connected to God. One, I'm connected to God, but how can I help you get connected to God? What is my purpose in that? What, what, what things can I bring to the table? And see, God's gifted each and every one of you. He really has. I, I, I think a long time ago, I used to be one of those who go, well, what did God gift me with? I don't think I have anything to bring to the table. Until all of a sudden, man, I, 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 to me, I kind of started to say, okay, God, then it really it is. It's up to you. What, what is it? And little things begin to kind of drop into my life where, man, hey, I know how to vacuum. Now, you might think, well, that's kind of funny. Everybody knows how to vacuum. Yeah, but that's a gift that I can use in the body of Christ. When I started coming back to church, and because um, I ran from the Lord for a while because I didn't want to be a pastor, I, I, you know what my job was? At the church, I was asked to do clean preschool toilets. Yeah, you want to talk about humbling. That was humbling. But you know what? That was the gift 
in the moment that God had asked me to do. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't getting up here on stage and, yeah, look at all my gifts. I'm so awesome. No, it was like, hey, you know how to work a, a toilet brush? Yeah. Do you know how to wipe down sinks? Yeah. There you go. See, so, please, and, and not that I'm asking you to do that, okay? Please understand that. But, but, but what I'm trying to get to is the point of the fact that God, God has gifted each one of you with something. There's something deep within you that God has gifted you in order for you to fulfill uh, his, his kingdom plan within the body. And it's so imperative that, that we, we, we understand that. So if you've missed the first month or you've missed the last two weeks, go to the podcast. Go listen to them. See, see what, 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 how God wants to speak to you regarding that. Okay, But we're in this third week of it. And so last week we talked about why gathering matters. And today we want to talk to you about how we do that. Okay, how do we do that? So the title of my message today is Gathering with Intentionality. Okay, Gathering with Intentionality. Let me pray real quick as we jump into this. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray with, uh, to, to, to come to church with intentionality. Amen. Okay, so in order to gather intentionally, we as believers must live intentionally first. I'm going to read that again because I think that's very important. In order to gather intentionally, we as believers must live intentionally first, right? Meaning we live purposely pursuing the life, the plans, the purpose that God has called us to live. We must live with that intentionality. It's intentionality focused action by living out God inspired intentions. Does that make sense? God has intentions for you, each one of you. He knows you by name. I love how the scripture says, you know, He knows every hair on the top of your head. And some of us, more than others, have hair, right? But He knows everything. But he knows every single detail about you. And so what he has is he has intentions for you to be a part of the body, to be a part of our community. And then he wants you to fulfill those things. So intentionally looking at it and going, okay, I'm going to do whatever God's telling me to do. Man, if he's telling me, you know what? I'm going to follow Pastor Scott. I'm going to vacuum. Praise God. Right? You know what? Hey, I, 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 I know how to, how, how to play guitar. Praise God. Right? Come and say, hey, I got a gift. How can you use me? Right? See, what happens is a lot of times people leave it up to the pastor or maybe other people to try to figure out what your gift is. So, you know, I'm sitting there like reading you. Hmm. What is your gift? Hmm. Right? I can't do that. I'm not that gifted. I'm not that talented. I'm just really not. But see, if you were to come up to me and say, hey, I got this gift, then that allows me to say, okay, then how do we get you in the game? How do we get you involved? But see, that's going to take intentionality for you to be able to do that. Right? But sometimes people will say too, you know what? Well, that's all great, Pastor Scott. I really appreciate that. But you don't know my past. You don't know what, I, what my life's been all about. I've been trying 
you know, I, 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 I probably am disqualified from God even being able to use me because of all the things that I've done in the past or even done today on my way to church. But see, God doesn't think that way. He doesn't think that way about you at all. If he thought that way, then you know what? Half our Bible would be gone because the Bible is filled of imperfect people. This would be a lot thinner. God used all kinds of imperfect people. But see, their pursuit, though, was I'm trying to give my best to God. But they faltered. They, they stumbled. But God said, you know what? No, I, I'm still going to use you. I still got a plan. I still got a purpose for you. And so we got to remember that, you know what? God is interested in, in your progress, not your perfection. He's interested in your progress. And then, you know what, like I said, he, you know, the Bible would be a lot thinner, but God used these people. And then not only did he use these people so we can read about it, but now we can look at them as mentors. Right? When you read your Bible and you, you read Daniel, you read Joshua, you read about Moses, you read about Paul, you read, man, look at them as mentors. So you can find out what to do and what not to do. He used imperfect people to be mentors to us when we read God's word. That, to me, that is so exciting and so filling. So we have to realize this. It's, it's actually in the doing with intentionality that is going to bring and develop our competence and comfort in what God is laying on our hearts to do. So what I mean by that is if God lays on your heart to be engaged somehow, some way, and you start to talk yourself out of it because, you know what, I just don't think I can, then you know what? What it is is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you, okay, to jump in anyways. Because when you jump in, that's when God starts to grow you. When you jump in, that's when God starts to use you. But see, we always discount ourselves. We all, with all, all, all the time. So some of you know my story. I ran from God. I didn't want to be in ministry. There's no way. I don't like talking in front of people. I ain't going to do it. I, you know, I get nervous. I'm going to throw up. All this stuff. Okay? Until I finally said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing with intentionality. And then through God's divine, majestic grace... He has me help in middle school ministry. What a disaster. Man, I was not in a place like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with these guys. Now, this is way back. I'm old, right? This is way back, way back, right? Then from there, he, he, I, I move into young adult ministry, and that, that was great. I kind of thought, cool. And then they asked me to do kids ministry. And I was like, you are nuts. You're crazy. I don't even like kids. This is not going to happen. But I prayed, and God said, and I'm thinking, God, you're nuts for doing this. You're going to have to help me. And you know what? He did. He, man, I, I can't even explain to you what my 22 years of children's ministry meant to me. But it's because I intentionally said yes. And then he started to develop me. 
See, there's people in this room right now that God has played something on your heart to do or to be engaged in and involved in, and you know what? You're looking at it and discounting yourself. All I got to say is that, you know what? Say yes, and God will start to develop you. God will start to say, okay, yeah, now you're giving me something to work with, right? I don't remember it's Isaiah, Jeremiah, whatever, about the potter's clay, right? He starts to do that. But see, we've got to be open. We've got to be available. We've got to be able to work this out. Okay, I know I said a bunch of stuff, right? So let's get to Mark chapter 4. Okay, Mark chapter 4. We're going to see Jesus. He's talking about the kingdom of God, especially how the kingdom of God works. And, and while you're turning there, I, say this one thing with me real quick. Say, I can do this. Ready, set, go. Okay, perfect. You, you passed the test. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 32. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he, he, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready... The farmer comes and, the har- and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Verse 30, Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? 31, It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seed, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make their nests in its shade. Okay, so in verses 26 and 27, Jesus tells the people about this farming thing. It's something culturally they could understand. But something for us to understand is that the kingdom of God, no matter what, right? Well, no matter what it pertains to, works like a farm. Okay, everything works like a farm. So here we have this story. The farmer goes out and scatters the seed. Okay. And he scatters the seed of what the farmer is expecting. That, to me, is key. Okay? Well, because he's, not, he's just not randomly just tossing and going, well, let's see what I'll get. No, he's got a purpose. He's driven by something. He's intentional about what he's planting into the soil. And so here he is. He goes out, and he intentionally does it. And then the farmer, it says, goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed. Exactly what he's supposed to do, right? That's what he's supposed to do. And all along, the the seed takes care of itself and sprouts and grows. So the farmer did his part. He sowed the seed. And then God does his part. A part that only he can do. He grows the seed. But he's doing it in response, right, to the farmer doing his part intentionally. See, if the farmer didn't do anything, then God's not going to do anything, right? I mean, that's pretty easy to understand. But see, the farmer intentionally planted the seed, so then now God's got something to work with. And he might not know how it's going to work, but who cares? It works. God does the work. Then Jesus says in verse 30 through 31, how can I describe the kingdom of God? It's like a mustard seed. And although it is the smallest seed, it produces something great. 
Um, I read where it, 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 it it's becomes the largest herb in a garden. It can be 10 feet tall and above. And just as the kingdom of God must grow, so too is there growth that needs to happen in our own personal lives. Don't stay where you're at. Okay? Don't stay where you're at. Don't be satisfied. Be hungry. Be hungry for what God wants to do in your life. And that growth in your life, as I kind of mentioned before, it takes place when you intentionally begin to sow into the gathering place, into the place that you've been called to. Now, I know we got some visitors today, but if you go to another church, think about it. Begin to sow into your church as well. Okay, because when you sow, that's when God starts, you start to grow. Hey, it rhymes. I could be a rapper, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> so here's the deal. Plain and simple, I think if you get anything else out of this message, basically it's this. You're the farmer in the gathering place. Each one of us is a farmer. That's what God wants for you. I want you to be a farmer. I want you to be a farmer. I want you to be a farmer. I want you to be, I want I, all of you to be a farmer. So that we can begin to sow what's on God's, sow what, what God has put on our heart to do in the body of Christ. So we can begin to plant seed. So we can begin to build people up. We can begin to encourage them. We can begin to spiritually strengthen one another. And here's the deal. What I love about this, I'm so glad that he brought in the mustard seed because you know what? It can be the smallest of seed that you have to give. You might say, Pastor Scott, I don't got big seeds. right? I don't have a big, huge bag full. Yeah, but you know what? You've got one seed. And even if it's the smallest seed, even if it's the size of a mustard seed, guess what? It has impact. So even if that little seed is a smile and an encouragement to someone on a, on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday, guess what you just did? You became a farmer. You planted seed. And you know what? It's up to God to do the rest. Right? You could pray about it and say, God, man, I'm so thankful I planted that seed. Let it grow up in that person. And then you know what? Like the farmer, go to bed, wake up the next day. Hey, what do I got going on? See, God, God will use that tiny little, tiny, smallest seed, whatever you can scatter, and he'll grow it into something big. You just got to believe that. Because one of the things you got to understand, and I'm a firm believer of this, if you know how to smile, you've got a seed. I mean, that one's pretty easy. But if you've got a smile, you've got a seed. And so we're supposed to be doing our part, right? What has God divinely called you to do in the house that you're called to? There, 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 always, there always is something. And, and, and here's the deal. Don't discount yourself. Don't make excuses why, right? Well, you know, Pastor Scott, I'm not that spiritual. 
I'm not that godly. I don't really have anything to give. Or, man, I'm not really personable. I mean, Pastor Scott, I, I'm not good with people. I can't, you know, I just, I can't serve people. I can't, you know, you know, personally engage. Or you always hear that, well, I'm too busy. Sorry, man, Pastor Scott, I can't fit another thing in my schedule. I might be stepping on some toes today, but just, hey, I love you, so just, just kind of roll with me today a little bit, right? And, and in that busyness, I just need to be served. I'm the one that needs to be encouraged. I'm the one that needs this. I'm the one that needs you to gather, to have me connected to God. And, you, and, and by the way, Pastor, you, you do it with everyone else too. Connect them too. But that's not how the kingdom works. See, God's master plan is, is that every single one of us, whether you're called to ministry like I am or not, you are supposed to be helping each other grow in the kingdom. With whatever seed you've got. Right? I mean, can you, can you, can you imagine the farmer? Man, I'm not a gifted farmer. I'm not very good at it. So I, I, I guess I won't throw my seed out today. He'll starve. Right? Or you know what? I'm not very personable as a farmer, and I really don't know the name of the soil. We haven't been on, on good terms, and, and we don't, we're not best friends, so I guess I really can't plant a seed. He'll starve, right? I mean, ho- hopefully you're, you're understanding my heart this morning a little bit, and I know i got to get to my points, okay? So how this all translates to gathering with intentionality? Well, just as the farmer intentionally rises to sow seeds, we need to sow seeds of intentionality when it comes to us gathering, okay? Sowing seeds, right? So let me share with you four simple and practical steps, seed steps everyone can do, okay? So the very first one is make church a priority. What? Make church a priority. Remember, these are seed steps. So if I got seed and I'm thinking, man, okay, how, how am I going to do this, Lord? Well, the very first thing is make church a priority, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So live with a mentality, right? Man, we're going to do whatever it takes to get to church in order to be at church. Now, I'm going to challenge you a little bit because that mentality is a heart decision. It's a heart decision because this is what Scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. In other words, keep your heart protected like a soldier Right, defending his post against an attack because your thoughts, your choices, and your feelings flow from what is in your heart. It flows from what's in your heart. And if the church is not a priority as a believer, can I suggest that maybe you're not being very diligent with your heart? You're not really guarding your heart about it? We're supposed to keep our heart. I mean, God, God asked, tells us, keep your heart, man. 
Watch. Be watchful. Guard it. So the idea, too, right, of prioritizing the gathering place, listen to, is not a religious shackle. Because some people go, oh, well, you know, he, he's, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, make it religious and tell me I, I got to be here every single week. I'm not saying that, okay? Because if you, if you really think about it, the Bible never says how many times you're supposed to come to church in a month. Nowhere in the Bible. Think about it. It doesn't say, you shall go three times a month. It doesn't say that. Okay? You know what? It just doesn't say that. But I'm pretty confident in Hebrews chapter 10, he didn't mean once a month. Okay? He didn't mean once in a while or once every six weeks. I'm pretty confident that's not what he meant. And if you want to debate me on it, that's fine. But see, that kind of seems like the norm these days. But what I think he meant is just make it a priority. Make it something that, man, you are intentional about gathering. Things come up. I get it. Things are going to happen, and man, I can't make it this Sunday. But see, the, the, the heart. It's about thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to miss church. Man, I'm really bummed. But I'm going to go do what I need to do. But I'm going to make sure I'm gathering back next week. But what happens is a lot of times it's like, I'm just casual about it. People are just casual about church. Well, if I don't make it, no big deal. It's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Because if we think about what I'm trying to present here is the fact that if you're not here, you can't be and do and sow seed like God wants you to every single week. He wants you sowing seed every single week. Whatever, whatever that like looks like. But he meant it to be a priority. This is what Psalms 92 says. It says this, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish or thrive in the courts of our God. Now, listen, think about it, right? You can't thrive or flourish if you're constantly having to replant yourself every six weeks or every other week. Right? Because, you, oh, man, i got to go back, back in. And then you're like, wow, what's going on? What's happening? Who are you? What? What's, what, what? what's taking, what? Right? If you're constantly plucking yourself out and being gone for two to three weeks, again, this is not a religious shackle. Please, don't hear me like this at all. But if you're constantly plucking yourself out and then you're like, oh, I'm going to come back and try to plant myself again, you give, you, you, you're not developing any kind of root system. And see, God's about root systems. And if he's called you to a church, develop root systems. Don't keep plucking yourself out. Okay? You still love me? Come on, give me a smile. Okay, we're good. Okay? But think about it. Think about it. Think about it. If we were to begin to intentionally do that, our weekly gatherings would be full and, and full of, um, and continually growing, wouldn't it? I mean, back in COVID times, man, we had services, and man, there were like maybe like 15 people in the house. And you're like, oh my gosh, please, you know. But you know what? We weren't going to stop services. We weren't going to do it because we know that God has something special for 
this place. So make it a priority, right? And here, here's some not-so-difficult uh, seed steps real quick, okay? One, increase your church attendance by one Sunday a month. That's all. I'm not asking, hey, be here every single week. If not, I'm going to show up at your door. No, just think about it. Go, okay, you know what? I've been coming maybe two times a month. Maybe I can increase one more Sunday. That's not really hard or difficult. Okay? Maybe, you know, text or call your circle at church, right? You know, all of us have circles. It's always fun watching like tables when we get into tables because you know who kind of like gravitates to each other. So you're like, encourage them, hey, anything, right? But right by our door, we have like invite cards. Grab an invite card. Be challenged. Hey, once a week, I'm going to give an invite card to somebody. And I don't care if they come or not. Well, you do, but you know what I mean. That's not, that's, that's not really bad. But, but in some way, if they come, great. If they don't, that doesn't mean you stop giving out an invite card once a week. Right? Just saying. Okay, second point. Come full and ready to pour out. Come full and be ready to pour out. Now, we've kind of talked about this already, about being a farmer when we gather, right? You're ready to pour out whatever seeds that you have, whatever, no matter what the size of the seed is. But again, this takes intentionality even before church to spend some time worshiping at home. I, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm not a morning person, man. I'm a late person. I, I like late nights better. Although I'm getting older and that's not really working out for me too well now. But, but man, you know what? Turn some worship music on in the morning. Spend a little bit of time with the Lord, right? Pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, man, help me, man. I'm going to church today. I'm gathering with my, my, my believer friends. I'm gathering with the church. I'm gathering with my community. Man, Lord, will you use me this morning somehow? I don't know what that looks like. But would you use me? Would you tell me to smile to that person? Would you tell me to open the door for that person? Would you tell me just to say an encouraging word to that person? And I'm going to tell you this. I guarantee it that God is going to tell you something. Even if it's this small. He's going to tell you something. This is what Proverbs 11.25 says. He says, he who waters, right? He's watering others, will also be watered himself. I'm going to read it again because this is really good. He who waters will also be watered himself. So that means that watering others and sowing in others will cause you to be watered. Right? Because when you get an opportunity to do that, you're, you might have something reciprocal come back to you, right? They might say something to you. Oh my God, I so needed to hear that today. Thank you so much for being who you are. Oh my gosh, right? I'm just going to tell you that as a, as a uh, I'm a words of affirmation guy. That waters me. I don't know if it waters you, but you'll be watered, right? And when you're watered, what happens when, when things are watered? Man, you guys are on it today. You get another gold star, right? I mean, it's just, so important that we recognize that. But, but think about it, man. If everyone came together, right, in our gatherings, 
man, wouldn't our gatherings be so much more refreshing for everyone? Man, we're all kind of just pulling together, serving one another, and, and, and talking to one another, and ministering to one another, watering one another. See, in my head, I thought, oh, it'd be great if I bought everybody a bag of seed, and then I gave them a bottle of water. Right? Because then you're like, seed, water, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing all that. But it was too much money, and I didn't do it. But, but we got to understand, this is it. So here, I'm going to give you some steps real quick. So... Here's the first step. Maybe before church on next Sunday, you just pray. Ask the Holy Spirit, freshly fill me. Freshly give me insight. Who, who can I minister to? Who can I love on? Who can I water? Okay, we won't even use the word minister to. Who can I water? Right? Same principle. Who can I water today? Give me an opportunity. Okay, taking another step. Introduce yourself to a new person. Man, you could do that today. Hey, I don't know your name, right? I, I would not say that I am the most like outgoing person. So there's a part of me that sometimes wrestles. I'm kind of introverted and a little bit extroverted. I'm middlevert, remember that? I'm middlevert. And so sometimes I've got to stretch myself a little. So if I got to stretch, man, you got to stretch, right? God's into stretching our tents a little bit. So introduce yourself to a new person. Or, you know what, say, okay, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compliment somebody. Man, those shoes are fly. They're, they're fly, Megan. Yeah, right? I love them, right? I mean, just compliment somebody. Okay, let's get to the third point. Make ability your greatest ability. Make, I'm sorry, make availability your greatest ability. Matthew uh, 5.16 says this. Now that I've put you here on a hilltop, on a house, oh, I'm sorry, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Listen, be generous with your lives by opening up to others. Water. You'll prompt people to open up. (laughs) With God, His generous Father in heaven. So, when you plant seeds of availability, and I'm going to use it like this, come 15 minutes early to church, right? And then leave 15 minutes later. Pastor Scott, how dare you? No, I'm not daring you. I'm challenging you. Because when you come early, right? You have the availability then to start connecting and watering and sowing and all of these things. See, we don't think about it in the importance. No, I just need to get here right on time, right when it starts. And you might say, well, Pastor Scott, that's just where I'm at right now. I just need to come right, right on time, and I, I'm the one that needs to really be encouraged. Okay, but this is all very reciprocal, right? It all kind of comes together. Because you can't be encouraged and you can't be built up and you can't be straightened, strengthened, right, if you're not available, if you're not here, if your heart's not right, right? Because you can blow into church and blow right out of church and maybe talk to one person. And I'm just going to tell you, that's not okay. I know I'm stepping on toes today. I'm probably stepping on mine too. But that's not Okay. God wants us to extend ourselves. 
right? And, and when we start to extend ourselves and we start to be available, then, you know, kind of creates this opportunity that we would see increased ministry happen that would impact every single person, every single one that we minister during the week. All right, so you ready for some seed steps? Shake your head yes. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, so if you're constantly late, then get here on time. Okay, that's not hard, right? If you're constantly late, if you're like that, hey, I'm five minutes after all the time or 10 minutes after, just get here on time. Shoot for it, okay? If you're right on time, get here five minutes early. So if your norm is like, man, I'm right, man, right when worship band starts, I'm in. Okay, get here five more, the goal. Okay, I'm going to get here five more minutes early. I, I mean, I got an opportunity, right? I'm not asking you to take huge, giant steps here. Okay? If you get here five minutes early, then you know what I'm going to challenge you? Make, make it 15 minutes early. And then be intentional about what you do. And then, I know this is radical, stay a little longer after service. Don't be one of those people that jet in and jet out. Oh, if you ever want to know what bugs me is when I see people just jetting out. I know that's a pet peeve, but, 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 but my heart is, is just I want people to connect. I want people to, to, to rally around each other, okay? And let me give you the very last example, okay? The very last seed to scatter is be the example. Be the example. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So here's kind of what I, what I, I want to develop here. Okay? Help set the tone at our gatherings. Help set the tone at our gatherings. It's not up to just Pastor Scott to set the, to accept or, um, set the tone for our gathering. It should be you guys as well. Us working together, okay? Be a thermostat and not a thermometer when we gather, okay? And what I mean is a thermometer reflects the temperature, right? So you can walk in and, and again, I'm not trying to step on toes. I might be, I don't know. But you can walk in and, man, you know what? You, I'm just going to use the back row. If you sit in the back row, I'm not pointing you out, okay? But you can walk in and get into the back row and you're standing next to somebody and they're, just a thermometer goes, oh, I guess that's what I do. But a thermostat comes in and, man, sets, sets the atmosphere, sets the tone, right? Man, it is, 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 is there. And, and my heart is, you know, and, and I don't want our gathering environments to be driven by, hear me, thermometer people. Instead, we need to be thermostat people. We really do. We need to be thermostat people who, by example, elevate the atmosphere and the expectancy in the room that God's going to show up. That's, that, that's a thermostat. I'm coming in, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go, Pastor Scott. Let, let, man, worship team, let's drive the bus and get Jesus. You know what I mean? But see, if we just stay at a, a thermometer, some may just kind of 
But see, if the thermostat is running, then the thermometer goes with the thermostat, doesn't it? It does. So, now I'm not saying you got to run around and be all crazy. But what I'm saying is, man, engage. Just engage, engage with what God's doing. Engage in worship, right? Come down for prayer when there's prayer time if you need it. Come, come and, and bring your Bible, right? Take notes. Engage in the teaching. Engage in, in some kind of response. Engage in connecting with other people. Be, be a thermostat when it comes to engaging with other people. Because you know what? That'll catch. That'll catch fire. And just think, man, if we begin to sow those seeds, right, of being the example, and people leading intentionally, recognizing, man, it's not just Pastor Scott's job, it's all of our job, right? To raise the level, to raise the expectancy. And you know, we're going to have a service that is supercharged with the presence of God. But see, it's us coming together intentionally. All right, so I'm going give to you, give you some steps. Ready? Go deeper in your engagement in worship. Okay? Sing, listen, one decibel higher than you normally do. Right? So, I don't know how many play instruments or already seen like an amplifier or whatever, you know, it usually goes to 10. Okay? If you sing at a two, next week, sing at a three. I'm not asking for you to like lead. I'm just asking you to, to raise the level. That's all. Right? If you want to be a 10, then go for it. All in. But, 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 but sing one decibel higher. And then I'm going to ask you this too. If you don't lift your hand, raise one hand. Okay? Not, not, it's up to you. You got to be intentional about it. Okay? The other thing is, dust the dust off your Bible. Right? Just kidding. No one has that, right? But, but dust the dust off your Bible and bring it. Right? I mean, I love electronics, but I, I tell you, man, I told you this before. There is something about pages turning. Woo, that gets a pastor excited. Okay? And then take notes. Write it down. You remember we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Man, there is something about writing it down that logs into your memory, into your brain. And then receive ministry from others. Right? Don't go, man, why is this guy talking to me? Why is this person talking to me? Get away. No, don't do that. You know, you're trying to, like a gnat. No. Recognize they are trying to use their gift, their seed, and they just want to say hi. And then try it yourself. That's, that's going to be the hard part for some. But try it yourself. Minister to someone else. Okay? Now, here's the deal. I'm going to finish up right here. All these points you can do. So say it with me, I can do it. And, okay, in children's ministry, you would say that was weak sauce, right? Okay. Ready? Go. I can do it. So much better, right? All these points you can do is just going to take discipline and intentionality on your part. Okay? And whatever God might, God might be talking to you right now, 
And he might be showing you some things right now. Or, or maybe it's, it's a, a portion where you go home and go, okay, Lord, uh, that message kind of hit me like, you know, um, um, what, what's that phrase? Like it hit me, hit strong, hit, uh, anyways. Um, but, 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 but seriously, pray about it. If anything I said today, just pray about it. Say, Lord, show me what that means. What does that look like? Because I, I really want to grasp what my place is in the body, what my place is in the gathering place. Because he's got one for you. He does. It's just a matter or not whether you walk in it. Walk into it. Bow your heads. I'm done preaching. And the crowd said, Amen. Right? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, we are so thankful and grateful that your presence is here in this house. You know best how to, how to speak to us, how to reveal what you're wanting to say. So I just release you to do that, Holy Spirit. I don't know what that looks like. Either it's today, tomorrow, or a couple days from now. Holy Spirit, you just, just speak. And Lord, for some of us who need to hear louder than some others. Speak loudly. Let us understand that we need to be intentional about gathering together and then sowing seed and watering each other. And I thank you for using this time. Now, Lord, I'm going to shift gears. I want to pray for the food. Thank you, Lord. You said you would bless our bread and water because we are having a sandwich and some water, right? You said you would bless our bread and water and take sickness from us. I thank you, Lord, that, that this time would be just a time of fellowship, a time of watering, a time of ministry, and getting to know one another. So Holy Spirit, stay. You're welcome here during our, 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 our social Sunday. And we just declare your, your blessing upon what we partake today. In Jesus' name. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.